The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. If a friend asks how you're doing, and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because, If I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free, confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. I'm ready to go. Streaming now only on Peacock. Five rich and famous international soccer stars. They have everything except love. I think girls in the past have gone for me because of what I've got. That's why we're going undercover. We're setting them up with single American women. They don't know we are famous. They don't know we are rich. And they'll have to hide their true identity. What do you need for work? I'm an ad salesman. (laughs) Oh, God. What am I doing? Love Undercover. New series streaming now only on Peacock. Ravens made OBJ an offer he couldn't say no to. Or an offer he couldn't. Yeah, I'm going to make an offer he can't refuse. That was horrible. But but my point is, they, they put the money on the table for OBJ. Now they put the money on the table for Lamar Jackson. I knew it was too much to hope that that wouldn't have been noticed yesterday by the folks. In the How could it not be? I knew How I had to deal with it again be? someday. And oh. Since there's nothing else happening today, we get that at the top of the show. Nice Whatever. Out we needed that. Early so we can get to it. Hey, today I came dangerously close, and I keep dancing on the line of just saying screw it when the alarm goes off and remaining in bed. Oh, today you, you won't. You're all talk. Not quite You're as close talk. as I've ever come, <laughs> but I'm I'm getting closer and closer. Like you know, you put your hand toward the flame, and boy, it would feel good to stay in bed right now. This is just one of those days where we're a couple of weeks removed from the draft. There's not much going on. We could have just both slept in. Maybe that's what we need to do. We need to coordinate it. Because I one of the reasons, and I kid you not, that I that I push through on the days where I don't feel like getting up and doing the show is I know that you're waiting for me and that you're there and that you got up right, early. Right. You drove you down a highway. Your, yeah. Your your field of chicken crap. You got into your Tesla. And you drove it all the way, right. that long five-minute drive from the mean streets of Greenwich to the NBC Sports facility, and you're 18. there, and yep. you're ready, right? and you're, you're made up. Yeah, you know, no, that would be, you're right, and, that would be a low blow. All you got to do is, like, roll out of the bed and pick whatever shirt's on the couch next to the bed, and then walk up some stairs and do the show. You're right, I'd be, I'd be, I would feel disrespected, but don't, don't, like, if you didn't feel good, don't. You don't have to go that far, but I do appreciate, you know, you caring about me at least and that, that getting you that, that extra little bump to get you out of the bed in the morning going, you know, let me not screw over Chris and leave him hanging here this morning. Thanks for that. I do appreciate that. 
We did talk about heaven and hell yesterday and my own personal beliefs. I didn't realize I was a universalist. I've heard from some folks that my beliefs fall into that category of whatever it would be. But I still have 12 years of Catholic school, so guilt is a powerful thing. Yes. And I could not. I could not bring myself to fake an illness. I can't do it because I wouldn't enjoy the fruits of the fake illness because I would know I faked the illness and I would feel guilty about it. So maybe they're doing something right at all those Catholic schools where they hit you in the knuckles with the ruler, although I don't think they do that anymore. They didn't do that necessarily when I was there. Maybe I witnessed it once, but I don't think it actually happened to me. That was a little before your time, even the, uh, the, the, the ruler to the wrist and hand. That, that wasn't, that was even like, that was what, 40s and 50s kids? Is that what we're talking about that, that had to deal with that? I more? think 60s too. Yeah. I think 60s. Right. I used to hear stories about, and I don't know whether they were seminarians, I, they were, they were called brothers that that weren't priests yet and i used to hear stories about how they would be like mean and physical and like throw people out windows and stuff although i can't imagine that they did that unless it was on the first floor but uh, i did i did once accidentally bump into a substitute teacher who was a nun when i was in first grade and she dug her nails into my arm and broke the skin wow and and when I went home and my mom wow. said what happened, of course I couldn't tell on a nun or I'd go to hell. So I said it was some older kid that did it. But Damn, I think how they, times have changed. I think when my mom called, I think they knew. Yeah, I did. It could have been Florio because Catholic I think, School. I think <laughs> the church. I think of- the nun. I think the <laughs> okay. nun was a substitute teacher for a reason. I think she probably had. I don't think that was the first day she ever dug her fingers into. She had a little temper a problem. Six-year-old's arm. Yeah. and busted the skin. Yeah, needs so, to do a little uh, praying and, and forgiveness it. there about you know maybe I should be a little nicer and less temperamental, uh, Mrs. Nun. <laughs> maybe that. But can we go? You know, back? I could I could continue to pull that thread. But go ahead, you yep. say something. Yeah, you keep save me from saying something that's going. Well, get me it was kind of fun. Please. It's getting dicey and fun here. We're get, it, it is kind of getting good here. But I did want to talk about how horrible your Godfather impression was. I mean, that was horrible. Holy. Oh, I know, it's fine. I it's, just can't get over. I, it. I, I should we play it, it back time. again? We should play it again. No, it almost sounded no, like we shouldn't. You were like trying to we be shouldn't. the Godfather, and it sounded like Rocky Balboa's voice almost. It was so bad. It's I can't believe it. It's fine. It was so bad that it doesn't need to be heard again. Hey, let me say this. Um, I, I still don't have heat in my in my studio yeah. because we had three HVAC units blown out by the power surge on Wednesday night. And we had uh, our, our guy that takes care of everything. He came and he, he, he hooked it up so we had heat in the house, but we don't have heat up here. So I've had to dress warmly. While we wait for heat, because it's still getting cold at night. We're at that time of year where yeah. it gets fairly nice during the day. During the day, but right. it still gets cold at night, and it's cold. It's cold up here right now. I'm surprised you can't see my breath. Uh, one other thing, too, before we we get into the meat of the show today, and this is one of those days where there isn't a ton of stuff, so we have a little more leeway. I, and we talked about this just two weeks ago. Yeah. And I wasn't going to mention it at all. And 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 then I got upset with myself for saying, ah, it's no big deal. Don't mention it because it didn't happen at school and no kids got killed. But there was still another shooting yesterday. And we're so freaking numb to it that, like, the first question we ask now is, are any kids killed? Okay, fine. How many was it? Fewer than 10? Okay, fine. Move on. We're so used to it. Uh, we there's just move no on. doubt. There's just no move doubt. on. Yeah. Wow. Like, the, our human capacity can't continue can't keep to press up. pause on our lives and grieve, as right. we should, collectively, 
and search for answers as we should collectively. And I don't even like, is anybody even trying to come up with answers? And I know that not really that like you've got one side that says we got to do something about guns. Well, guess what, folks, that ain't going to happen. So we better come up with another solution. I mean, let's just be realistic about it. All right. Let's be practical about it. We're not going to magically eliminate rid of all the the number of guns that can kill people. Right. That that when you put them in the hands of someone who is intent on killing someone, those aren't they're, they're going to be there. Whoever whoever develops the desire to show up at a former workplace, to show up at a school, to show up wherever. And as I've said, it's one of the risks of living in America in the year 2023. When you leave your house, you get hit by a car. You get eaten by a lion that's escaped from the local zoo. You could get struck by lightning and you could get shot and killed where you're standing in line at the bank while you're going to church, while you're in the grocery store, while you're anywhere in public. That's one of the risks. Is it a significant risk? No, but it's still a risk, just like getting hit by lightning. That's not a significant risk, but it's still a risk. Getting hit by a car or a bus or anything on four wheels, not a significant risk, but it's still a risk. So in the catalog of risks that we assume when we leave our homes, one of the reasons I rarely do is you can get shot and killed out in a public place without warning, without notice, and then all of a sudden it starts happening. And I can't even imagine what would go through your mind when you're in a setting like that. So, and and this, look, this is a football show. We're here, we're here to provide a diversion, but I just, I, I'd love to know, like, like, what do the politicians do all day? I don't know what they do other than argue with each other. Do they do anything other than argue with Doesn't each other? Doesn't seem like it right like, now. And raise money yeah. and cater to their bases on both sides. I'm yeah. trying to be straight down the middle on this. Sure. The, the system is corrupt on both sides. That and, and each side is saying how the other side's evil, and nobody can agree on anything. And so what do they do? What are they doing all day to protect us, our elected representatives that are there to protect us, that are there to establish policies that protect us, the children first and foremost. And that was why I was so upset about it two weeks ago. We can't protect our kids. Shit, we can't protect anybody. It's every man for himself, which is going to make it like the Old West. Like, that's what we're devolving back to. Yeah, we are. It's going to be the OK Corral where everybody's going to be carrying a gun and everybody's going to have an itchy trigger finger and somebody's going to look at somebody sideways and the next thing you know, there's going to be a duel out in the middle of a dusty street. Were you looking at me? <laughs> yeah. So so where where are our leaders? Where are the people that are going to provide the ideas and find a way to use their personalities and their skills to implement them? Like where are they? Like like we need a JFK and I don't care anything about his politics. I just we need somebody who can lead us. Somebody who means well, somebody who has good ideas and somebody who will stand up for what's right. But the problem is it's impossible because before you can even be in a position to do it, you got to pick one of these two sides and whichever side you pick, the other side's going to hate you and your side's going to love you and they're going to fight. and They're going to fight. and They're going to fight. and They're never going to get anything done. And we're going to be right where we are indefinitely or until our country collapses. And I hate to use that kind of hyperbole yeah. because that's, that's what they use on each side to blame the other. Yeah. You're trying to ruin our country. No, you're trying to ruin our country. Meanwhile, everybody's blaming each other for ruining the country. The country's being ruined. Yeah. No, it's uh, no. Don't I? I mean, you're you're preaching the choir on this one, Mike. I you could put me under the you know one of those people that is a little bit like I'm exhausted by all of it. All of it. I've given up on politics. I don't even like. There's a part of me that don't really give a damn anymore. I don't. 
I'm so sick of it. I just want somebody to provide leadership. I know. I want somebody in a position of power and authority to do something other than engage in the same shit that we see every day. No. Vying for air time. You said it. Fighting with this person and and catering to the base, saying the right thing on the right topic, the right time, so I can send out a mass email to get people to give me more money. Like, when does the work start? What do the leaders do? I'd love to know. I'd love to shadow some people and see what you do. And, of course, if you were there watching, they would act like they're doing something other than what they do. But I'd love to know what these folks are doing because what they should be doing is coming together and finding a solution to this problem that only exists in our country to this level. Where yeah, well, it's, it's every not even week, comparable every other to anybody week. else. Yeah, not even yeah. comparable. I mean, we have, we have more so deaths So something's in a clearly month wrong. Most, yeah, clearly. Clearly. I mean, clearly, Mike, to your point, there's a school shooting or what happened yesterday. There was a, a shooting at a bank in Kentucky, right? I literally don't even stop to read about it anymore. I just go, oh, well, uh, hashtag as expected. Guns everywhere. Nobody cares. So I don't know. It's just the way it is. It's like I, I have to, for my own mental health, not like care about that stuff anymore because I found it to be troubling to me and then to the point where it was making my day worse to where my wife would be like, what's going on? I'm like, oh, I don't know. Damn, I read the news. I don't know why I did it. I don't know why I did it. And I've I've tried to back off because of that because it's just it's a no-win fight right now. And I don't mean to sound like that guy, but you know I'm not in the position of uh, right now is talking a pro football talk to change a bunch of these things. So I've just thrown my hands up in the air and, and give it up a little bit. I know, but isn't that sad? It's extremely isn't that sad. sad that we're just, at that it's, point. It is. Like the whole country. I'm literally like, America, I give up. I give up. I don't care. Sure, you do what you got to do. I don't care. Give up. I gave up. I mean, they, they, they feed us all these ideas that we're supposed to walk around with and proudly salute the flag and, and be patriotic. I mean, our leaders have to give us something to be patriotic about. Collectively, we have to work together to be patriotic. We have to care for each other. Like, at what point? And I don't know how. I can't, I can't even begin to get to the bottom of it. But we have broken individuals throughout this country. How did they get broken? How did they get broken to the point where they would do something like what they are doing because again the guns are there we can't remove that ingredient from the equation so we're going to solve this we got to figure out why there are so many broken people what we can do to unbreak them or what we can do to properly flag them and i'm concerned as i say that because of course the overreaction is anybody who ever says boo anybody who ever says anything to remotely manifest a potential future intention to show up at a bank or a school or a church or a store or wherever with a gun, we just lock them away and throw away the key. That's not the answer either. So I just, I don't know. It's the, the, the whole, the whole thing to me is a game. It's about acquiring power. It's about acquiring wealth. It's about Anything but doing the right thing. Yeah, that's the right thing the is not really. Nobody people. cares about the right thing anymore. The morally right thing, taking care of people. That that's out the window. That's the world's changed that way. It's but isn't that what they're me, supposed me. to be doing? Yeah. Well, what the hell? No, I know, I know. It's no. it's it's just me, me, me. What can you do for me? I need more, 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 more. Me, more, me, more, me, more. That's our country right now, and it's a shame, like you said. And and where where are the future leaders? Like. 
like where I, you know, I've paid enough attention to politics over the last 40 years that you have an idea of the next wave of people who can truly rise up and lead and develop and mature into those positions and who mean well and who have this destiny where they they are the ones that will help guide the country. Like, who the hell are they? Like, where are they? Where are they? Where are they hiding? On either side. Like, I don't care. I, I, I'm, I'm They've fine given up on that. Those kind of people have given up on that. Within, they moved on to something else. Stuff. Exactly. They said, the hell with that business like, and this, dealing with those crazy screw people. crazy Right. Cesspool. I'll go over here and do this and make on both more sides. money. Right. Exactly. I, I, I'm, I'm not saying either side. Yeah. Who the hell would want to deal with it? Right. I mean, that's that's the biggest thing. But I know. All right. Well, good talk. You, you know, right. hopefully that's you good. feel better. I don't Sorry. feel any better. I don't. Uh, but it does. I, need, I know. But it needs to be. I, you're 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 not wrong for bringing it up. I mean, it is crazy that but, we've gotten to that point. I mean, because our choice is to either become completely numb to this dystopian reality in which we now reside or collectively say no more collectively say we got to do something collectively say instead of calling up your local representative and pissing and moaning about whatever culture war issue is out there that they're using to manipulate us whatever it is that they're using to distract us from the fact that they aren't doing anything we need to start calling them up and demanding that they do something to improve society to protect our kids to protect us so when you do go to the grocery store you're not walking around with this tiny piece in the back of your mind ready to fight flight or hide or whatever the the three words are that are inconsistent hide fight hide fight which one is it what do i do i don't have a gun maybe i should carry a gun see that's the thing it's going to be the old west ah i'm just going to stay home i'm just that's my solution i'm done hey society I'm done. There was an episode of Family Guy where Peter Griffin decided to make his own country. I think it was Peter Topia or something yeah, like I that. that I'm out. Right. I'm done. Right. I'm opting out of society. I'm just going to stay here. I'm going to order all my food in, and I'm just not leaving. All right, good. All right. Well, uh, it's kidding. not that different from Although what you've been doing anyway, so that, that sounds good. Sounds like Maybe that's good what I've been evolving <laughs> to. Okay. Yeah, maybe. Right. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also, 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. For the world's greatest athletes... This is the showdown we've been waiting for. There is nothing like competing on the world's biggest stage. It's a world record again! Goal for the United States! Unbelievable! And when that stage is Paris, anything can happen. I have never seen anything like this! How about that? An Olympics unlike any other. What a performance! The Paris Olympics, Friday, July 26th on NBC and Peacock. For the world's greatest athletes. This is the showdown we've been waiting for. There is nothing like competing on the world's biggest stage. It's a world record again! Goal for the United States! Unbelievable! And when that stage is Paris, anything can happen. I have never seen anything like this! How about that? An Olympics unlike any other. What a performance! 
Let's get to it. Okay, so um, some aftermath of the OBJ move that we spent so much time talking about yesterday. The report is, and this came from NFL Media, I believe, that Lamar Jackson, the Ravens quarterback, actively recruited Odell Beckham Jr. to sign with the Ravens. And, hey, that's good. Lamar's engaged. That means that when he said to the team, March 2nd, I want to be traded, it was just a leverage deal. When he tweeted a couple of weeks ago his farewell to Baltimore, it wasn't real. It was just posturing to try to get his contract. He's not done. That was one of my lingering questions in the aftermath of the news that he said he wanted out. And he said goodbye. Is he done? Because we know how determined, how hard-headed, how stubborn he can be. And there's nothing wrong with that. I am too. But once he's done, is he done? And he's not done because he actively recruited Beckham to show up. And now I think the tables get turned and Beckham actively recruits him to do a deal. And it it occurred to me yesterday, it won't surprise me if Beckham actually acts as, and I may have said this yesterday morning, but I can't remember. Yeah, Acts as a liaison. Acts as a de facto agent for Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. Just get everybody together and get this damn thing done. Well, I, I I don't doubt that. At least mend some, you know, mend some bridges or fences or whatever the hell they say with that saying there. But at least maybe he can, yeah, bridge that gap of communication and I'll make Lamar feel better about the Ravens. Again, because it can be hard, right? As a player, you're going, wait, I'm, they're not giving me what they want, what I want. They, they don't like me. And that doesn't mean that either, right? They're going, no, no, we do like you. We're willing to give you more money than just about anybody that's ever played the game. We just maybe don't want to go to where you want us to go, right? I do think they're still, I mean, you you know that. I know that. Of course, the Ravens want Lamar Jackson. Of course. And yeah, this gives us a nice little inkling that he hasn't closed the door on that chapter of of his life or his football career that way. Also added on to that and just go, the options that are out there right now, they're not better than the Baltimore Ravens. They're not. They're, you know, we, we talked about it a little yesterday. You explained the situation, right? And then we talked about the Ravens themselves. The Ravens are, are, are they were a Super Bowl caliber team last year. They, they're they're going to be in that same, that same department or conversation again this year. I don't envision them falling off as long as they can have Lamar healthy and be there. So uh, that's that's encouraging. I think it is encouraging. And now, what is what has to be done? You know, we know their contract, but is this ex- non-exclusive franchise tag? Does he need the sweetener? Whatever. What do they need to do to get him in the building for OTAs? That's the next thing, because that's what you would like. You'd like him to be there for off-season stuff too, and and start to build your team that way. This idea that signing OBJ as an olive branch to Lamar Jackson to finally get him to show up to the extent that they overpaid Beckham and they clearly have overpaid Odo Beckham Jr. I have yet to see anyone credibly argue that Odo Beckham Jr. is currently worth 15 million fully guaranteed on a one year deal. They weren't bidding against someone else who was at 14.9. This wasn't one of those auctions where you're throwing up the paddle. Hey, do I hear 14, 14, 1, 14, 1? I got 14, 1. What about 14, 2? No. It was probably three to six as a base with incentives. I think that's where the Jets were going to be. Yeah. Or this. 15. Right. They no weren't fitting with anyone. They weren't competing against anyone. They're trying to get Lamar Jackson to choose to stay. So they can't. And, and that, and again, Lamar, the agent, should be pissed. 
I've been here busting my ass and I can't get a fair deal. And you go out and you give an above market contract to a guy who's got a, an ACL issue and he hasn't played in more than a year. And who the hell knows what he can do now. And his best work is well in the rearview mirror and this and that and the other. And you're giving him all that money. And where can I get mine? They finally, I think, broken from the way that people typically would look at situations like this, and they're trying to look at it from Lamar's perspective. Yeah. Lamar is going to be happy right. if Beckham is there. That's right. And maybe now more likely to finally say yes, That's especially right. if, he, if Beckham can find a way to be the one who gets through to Lamar. That is what I think they're counting on, Beckham being the one to get through to Lamar. Yeah, I, I I don't doubt that at all. I don't, you know. Yeah, they're paying more than it seems like anybody else is willing to pay for Odell Beckham Jr. But I think they're also they're paying for the services you're talking about. You know, they're talking about a guy who is an incredible leader. Again, you talk to anybody in football, they're going to tell you he's an incredible leader. He's got incredible people skills. So they like that for their culture, their football team. And then they're betting and maybe paying a premium on, okay, you know, we're in a little bit of a spot here. We might not get a difference-making receiver where we're at in the first round, or we have another uh, position we want to address. So they're going to pay the premium on the guy that's really the most talented guy that's out there on the free agent market at receiver, except we just have that question mark about the injury and the health status. But they're going to bet on all the things you're talking about, you know, being the liaison, being, you know, a great guy in a locker room, and then being they're going to bet on the the potential that he is healthy and then what he can do, you know, as a as a specimen on the football field. And I think that's going to make Lamar Jackson happy, like you said. Who cares? Lamar obviously has a relationship with Odell and likes this, and obviously – I don't think the Baltimore would have overpaid him if they felt like, man, Lamar's going to be pissed if we throw him an extra five or six million dollars. Right. You know, so that that's the I other agree. positive thing of this situation too. Yeah. No, I agree completely that that they wouldn't have done this to antagonize no, Lamar Jackson. Right. They've done this as a sweetener. They've done this as an incentive. They've done this as a way to get out of this maze that they're in, that they can't find a path to the other side of. Bottom line. So I think this is part of the broader process of getting Lamar Jackson not just to sign before training camp or to accept his one-year franchise tender with a sweetener before week one. They need him there for the offseason program. Yeah, and it's look, a new offense. To the, extent, to the extent that Lamar Jackson is considering following the Kirk Cousins path to the open market. And remember, it was 2016 and 2017. Franchise tag, franchise tag, and then when the Washington football team was looking at a 44% bump in the $24 million or so that Cousins made in 2017, they let him walk away. Both years that he was franchise tagged, he showed up for all of the offseason program. He accepted the tender and he showed up because he knew, I have to play as well as I can. I have to be as prepared as I can be. I have to have the best year that I can have to keep this going. Tag one year. 
well, if I stay away until week one, I'm not going to play well enough that anyone's going to want me in 2017. They're not going to tag me. No one's going to want me. Second year, I got to show up and I got to be there and I got to play well. So when I become a free agent, they're going to want me. If Lamar boycotts, if Lamar stays away, if Lamar stays away up until week one, or if he skips regular season games, he's going to be less attractive next year. And if he is following this Kirk Cousins path, then he needs to be there for the start of the offseason program. Yes, he does. Now, the problem is the problem is 32.7 isn't good enough. That's the problem. No, when you look at where the, the market is, right. when you look at where he should be, right. 32. I, and I, I still don't know why that – and I've tried to f- figure it out. They changed the formula for calculating the franchise tags with the 2011 CBA, I think. Right. But I don't know why it's so low. Why is it so low? Why is why, when you have guys pushing fifty million now, and you have multiple guys north of forty, multiple, several, various guys north of forty? How in the hell is the franchise tag languishing at thirty-two-four for a quarterback? Because if it was between forty to forty-five, then it's a no-brainer. You sign it, you show up, you have a big year, and you do it all again next year, and then you sign it, you show up. And then you become an unrestricted free agent in 2025 because they're not going to give you a 44% bump over that 38 million next year. Although maybe they would. I don't know. 44% of that's like 54. When you add all three together, you go one year at a time. That's not all that crazy. But regardless, my point is this. He needs to be there for his own strategy to work. He needs to be there, learn the offense, click with OBJ. But the question now is, would he be showing up on a one-year deal a two-year deal, a three-year deal, what's he going to get, how much is guaranteed, and how much can OBJ help connect these two sides that yeah. are as fractured as the two sides of politics that we were talking about earlier, where it feels like there is no middle ground. Maybe OBJ is the guy that pulls both of them toward a middle and gets it all done. Yeah, like what, what's what's next? What's the next part of this? Can OBJ get Lamar in the building, in the facility in Baltimore, right? Can he do that? You know, what What do they need to do to, to make the things happen that you're talking about? You know, to make them feel like, hey, come on, we got to be out there for OTAs. You're right. It only benefits him. It does. You know, for, for all the scenarios you laid out the right way, in, a case, in case this stays this way on the franchise tag and even they give him the sweetener, you want to be at your best. And, yeah, it is going to be a different offense with Todd Munkin running the show there. So, I would want to think that in the case he goes down that Kirk Cousins road, right, which I don't think I wouldn't suggest it's a little riskier for a guy like Lamar in the style of football he plays, but he he could pull it off. It's not crazy. It's just it's a riskier proposition than Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins, I mean, you knew what he was and where he was going to be in the style of football he played. So he was willing to, you know, it was a less risky chance than you know, a guy who, yeah, he wants to stand there and dice you up with his arm, but if things get dicey, man, it's a 360 and it's go-go gadget legs and it's around the edge and make people miss and lower a shoulder and spin off that guy, and that's where it's different. So uh, I, 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 I feel like the franchise tag thing would be, you know, last-ditch option type of thing as far as going that route. Uh, I don't think either one of us would want to see Lamar do that. There's money on the table here. Hopefully they can get that done. And what the next step is, I don't know. But hopefully they can get him into the building like you're talking about. And I think that would be a big thing is just practice and maybe get them in the same room to where they can hash some of these things out. Off-season programs 
few weeks. For some teams have already week. opened. Right. For other teams, they open next week. But the early phases really aren't much of anything. It's phase two and phase three that are the keys. But, yep. yes, it would be critical with a new offense, new offensive coordinator, and now a new weapon like OBJ. It's critical for Lamar Jackson to be there. And I'd like to think the Ravens have a plan. They are not one of the dysfunctional organizations out there, although what's been happening with Lamar Jackson falls in the category of dysfunction. It's not their fault per se, but at some point it's incumbent on them to be the ones to find the solution. Yeah, it's not their for fault, a but it's their situation they didn't yeah. create. Right, right. The, exactly. That's yeah. the great way to put it. Yeah. And and instead of sitting back saying it's not our fault, they just need to roll up their sleeves and go clean up the mess and figure out how to do it. And, I th- and I'm I'm just convinced after digesting this for a day and a half that that uh, the OBJ signing is is calculated in large part yeah, it's positive, to solve it the like. Lamar Jackson problem. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because I really I yeah. really I I'm trying to foresee what he's gonna do for that team this year on the football field. And maybe I'm maybe maybe it will be a pleasant surprise. But I don't expect a fifteen million dollar contribution on the field. I think that's just part of it. I think the other part of it is he's that magnet to bring in Lamar Jackson so they can get down to business and get themselves ready to go be competitive. But I, I don't, could I don't could be wrong. We haven't seen him in a while. That's what I mean. So we There's, don't know what he can do. That's right. It's the potentials there, and we know that when this guy is close to healthy, he's one of the freakiest players we've ever seen. And, of course, what you've talked about here with Lamar Jackson and mending that relationship, and I think he fits their culture. I do. And they're a team that's got a real need for that position. And I think if you were going to take a shot on one guy that was out there and available right now where you said, wait, this guy right here, he you know, he could be the one where we could all be at the end of the year going, damn, he's, he's still one of the better receivers in all of football. Uh, they're, they're taking a risk with that. But I think it's calculated, like you said, and there's a lot of reasons that went into that stew to make it happen. All right. Um Again, the off-season program is the point at which players can congregate. They can have communications with coaches, although coaches can't be involved in the first phase. It's supervisory by strength and conditioning coaches. Mike Reese of ESPN reported that Mac Jones, a Patriots quarterback, was one of a handful of Patriots players who have been a daily presence at team facilities in the offseason. And that's allowed if you choose to be there. But it's not like he's there meeting with Bill O'Brien, no. meeting with Bill Belichick. There are strict limits on what can and can't be done. And I just wonder how much they can't really do anything about like, that, Mike. Right. Right. There's nothing. Right. How do you how do you police that? The league that doesn't police Jack Diddley exactly. squad when it comes to all the rules that get violated all the time, except when they decide we're going to smack one team because they made us look bad, because they lied to us, because they were doing something else we didn't like and we couldn't really prove it, so we're going to get them for something else. Like, you could get every team, I would expect, for violating the rules about the amount of contact that can happen between coach and quarterback in the offseason. Yeah, you could. And, like, I mean, what, 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 what's like, what I want to say with those situations, you're right, versus how do you, how do you police it? Second up, it's the player's choice. He wants to do it. You're going to tell, like, hey, grown man Mac Jones, how dare you work hard and try to get better and get an edge on these rest of these competitive people in football? Like, if they're policing that, then, like, screw off. I don't know what else to say. But, yeah, it's it's Mac Jones. He's He knows it's a big year, Mike, and, and there is no way to stop some of that stuff. I was always a guy that took uh, two weeks off and then, okay, it was going to be back in the facility a little bit. It was going to work out. 
And, oh, wait, the quarterback coach, you know, he, third day he saw me in there. Hey, why don't you come in tomorrow? Let's, let's watch third downs from last year or something like that. Of course that's what happened. I mean, yeah, I was looking to get better. That's why I was there. I was looking to, you know, get a little advantage on the guys that weren't there. Be a little teacher's pet. Hey, here's an apple on your desk, coach. How you doing today? Right? I mean, all those things for all the right reasons. And I'm not shocked to hear Mac Jones do that. But you're right. The NFL can't do anything about it. And I would think that, yeah, he's hopefully getting a little head start with Billy O'Brien and, and some of the things they want to lay down the groundwork for in that offense. I do want to be clear on this, though. When you were playing, the rules were different. They were different. They now. They were. And I remember one of the frustrations of John Gruden when he got back into coaching <laughs> right. after a nine, ten-year right. break. I remember interviewing him back, back uh, early. He did an in interview with, with you. Raiders. What was he thinking? He did multiple. He did multiple. <laughs> I guess he, he thought. I guess he thought <laughs> I'll be nice to this crazy sob and see whether it, it gets him to look the other way when uh, he otherwise should be criticizing me properly and justifiably for things I've done and said and games I've won and games I've lost. But anyway, um, he was very agitated by this yeah. this new reality that right. you can't work with the guys. And why is that? And he basically said the same thing you said. The guy wants to do it. The guy wants to be there. He wants to get better. Why do we have these dumb artificial rules? And I think he finally figured out, just do what you're going to do. Yeah. When have we – look at it this yeah. way. Here, here's, a, here's as simple as I can make it. When have we ever seen or heard of a team getting in trouble exactly. for having impermissible contact right. with coach and quarterback? When have we ever seen it? And, right. and it was gift wrapped three years ago. With Brady. With Byron left. Yeah, exactly. Right. right. Showed up at the wrong with the house balls with a bag full of football. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> and we know he had the playbook before he was even on the football team. And we know Gronk had the playbook before he was on the football team. And oh, that was a was joke. So oh, that's another one of that, those, oh, just that's another joke. one of those jokes oh, with no yeah. punchline. <laughs> Steven oh, Ross was joking was with Brian joking. Flores about losing games. That's a big joke, funny joke. Where's the punchline? Rob Gronkowski was joking when he said openly and blatantly that he had the Patriots or the Buccaneers playbook. Excuse yeah. me, I've had that for weeks. becoming a member right, of the team. Yeah, yeah. That's a great joke, Gronk. You, that's you should run with that as your post-retirement career. But you're right. If they didn't do anything enough. there, they're not going to do anything ever. That's not happening. Yeah. So uh, yeah, and I guess it's it's good that that Max there. And again, if you're going to work out anywhere, you work out in the team facility because if something happens, you're you're covered. It's basically free insurance. You get your you get your salary for the year. They can't try to put you on the non-football injury list because it happened on their premises. And, and uh, yeah, if to the extent that he's there and he's maybe mending fences with Bill Belichick or they're trying to find a, a common ground, I don't know. I don't know. It seems so dysfunctional last year. It's going to take more than one offseason, I think, to get it back to where it needs to be. But this is where Bill O'Brien maybe plays the role of OBJ and – takes the the dysfunction out of the relationship by his mere presence and 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 helps connect two guys that seemed hopelessly disconnected yeah. by the end of last season. Yeah, I, I think you're you're saying it right. You know, as a player you wanna you wanna start the new year. You wanna turn the page. Like, man, that last year wasn't that good. Let's start a new one and a new thought and a new vibe. And he understands it's year three and how big it is for him. Yeah, he's got Billy O'Brien in there, so he's got some things to learn and all that. He wants to give them a good taste in their mouth, too, to be like, hey, Max, Max ready. Max on his game this year. You know, Max, Max been here from the start. He's, he's ready to go. Like, uh, that, that's kind of what sets forth the, the culture and the lifeline of a football team and gets it going in the right direction. So 
not surprised to to hear that Max hanging around the facility, especially in a year like this. And you know, there's a a backup that gets thrown into the conversation with his name quite often, and I'm sure every now and then wakes him up in the middle of the night, and he's like, Bailey Zappi, okay, I got to get to work. I mean, that's what psycho like starting quarterbacks. That's how they think, and that became a thing this year too. So I'm sure he's going. Wait, you know, Bailey is he here? He's not here. Oh, good. I'm going in the facility. I'm going to get a few hours on him. It's all the competitive, good culture building things you need. And yes, it does give Bill Belichick and the rest of the group, you know, more confidence too. And that hey, my guy's here working, you know, and that starts to filter through the building and filter to the locker room, and players start doing it too. And it's important for the Patriots this year because they are in a division Big year. where it's going to be hard to stay out of the basement in the AFC East with the Bills, with the Jets, with the Dolphins. It's going to be difficult. And I can't believe we're saying that. We're not that far removed from the Patriots being the only team worth a crap in that division and everybody else being also Rands and cannon fodder for the Patriots. And now the Patriots are the ones who are the cannon fodder if they don't get things figured out and get pointed in the right direction because all the teams right now are better than them. One way for the Patriots to get better is via the draft, which is coming up in just 16 days. I had to pause to do the math. See, that's what happens when the countdown clock isn't up. Do we have the countdown clock? Because it's been right there, right there. Now, did I finally figure out the right? Hey, I finally figured out yeah, how to do that. this. Way right to go. There it is. Coachable. There it is. Uh, countdown clock to the draft when we return. Some draft news that is percolated up. Oh, now, they're, now they're messing with me. Now it's down there. Get out of here. Uh, we'll be back with some draft news when PFT Live continues right after this. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also, 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 